You're listening to another episode of the Young Investors Podcast, so sit back and relax as myself, Brandon, and my buddy Hamish discuss the latest in the world of finance and stock market investing. Now, a quick reminder before we get into the podcast is that nothing in this podcast should be taken on as personal financial advice. If you're ever unsure about your finances or investing and you need some help, make sure you reach out to a qualified financial advisor. But with all that said, let's get into another episode of the Young Investors Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to yet another episode. Hamish Hodder, what's cracking, my friend? Oh, not too much. I didn't sleep very well. I was telling you just before uh, last night. I mm. had one of those nights where I just was waking up every hour. So I'll, uh, I've had two coffees this morning, which uh, usually I wait until about, well, I mean, it's well like 11 to have, to have my second coffee. So I've had two straight away and... Uh, Bang, bang. Hopefully, I'll, um, yeah, hopefully I've got some energy this podcast. But we've got quite a lot to talk about, uh, quite a lot of interesting stories to talk about because we're right in the thick of earnings season. And I think this is like kind of my favorite mm. week, I'm going to be honest. Meta and Google, uh, two advertising beasts related to our businesses and, and our YouTube channels and that sort of thing. So uh, it's always fascinating to kind of see from a personal level, but also for you guys, um, what happens with those companies. So um, this is always yeah. a good week. No, I always like... Yeah, I like talking about the advertising giants. It is very, very relevant to what we talk about. It's like sl- slots right into our circle of competence. It's just, uh, yeah, it's it's always a good week, and I think uh, I think you guys like it as well. So, um, always a good podcast when we get to talk about Meta and Google earnings. Mm. Um, geez, we got some follow ups from uh, <laughs> from last week. You know, we we're talking about. I think literally because we record this on a Thursday, so it comes out on Friday night or Saturday our time usually. Um, and we were talking, I think one of the lines in the last podcast was, geez, I wonder how long Liz Truss is going to last. Well, <laughs> that that actually, yeah, that done. changed before the podcast actually went out. So, yeah, we'd right. recorded it, but it hadn't gone out yet. So, by the time we recorded it, it was already, by the time we released it, it was already out of date. So, Crazy. Rishi you, Sunak um, is now the uh, is now the Prime Minister. Is it Prime? Oh, yeah, it's Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Of, yeah. Did yeah, you see that live stream of the, the lettuce? Do you see that? So someone, um, the lettuce. So, oh, this is great that you haven't seen this. So someone, um, obviously <laughs> had a, a, clearly there was a bit of a lack of confidence in her staying around as prime minister. So someone set up a lettuce on a live stream on YouTube, and it was like a lettuce versus uh, Liz. Who's gonna last longer? Like, will the lettuce die, or will <laughs> will, will she be kicked out? And the lettuce won. <laughs> Go so the lettuce. Go. That's uh, that's not great. You can't even uh, outlast the uh, a lettuce, but um. Yeah, that was a uh, that was that was kind of a fun thing that <laughs> that someone put yeah, together. Yeah, I'd I'd um I'd never heard of Rishi Sunak before, and man, I was just like, oh, you know, I just looked at a photo, and I was like, oh, he looks like a nice, you know, well well put together guy, mm. and then I listened to him give a speech. Oh my god, if if I could just like he if I could boil down, what do you think a politician sounds like? Here's exactly what a politician sounds yeah. like, which I, I guess is fitting. But he's like, together, we will work <laughs> to secure the future of our nation yeah. and create hope. It's like, oh, my God, dude. It's oh, so bad. I just <laughs> wish. Yeah. I, I think if, if I was like, if I was the prime minister of Australia, yeah. I think that I would, maybe this would, maybe this is a terrible idea, but I think I would go in with no scripts, no scripted speeches. I'd just be like, front of the media, I'd just be like, hey guys, how's it going? Here to answer questions. Um, what are your questions yeah. about? Yep. 
And, you know, I think it's because they just don't want to be caught out being like, oh, you know, they don't want to be caught out not knowing, not not being able yeah. to like. But and, I think and there's such a power in it's such, yeah. a, such a truthful, like, honesty and trustworthiness to be able to say things like, um, you know, I don't actually know the answer to your question, but if you leave it with me, I'll follow up with my team and we'll make sure we get an answer to you on that one. Yeah. You know, that, that to me is just like so much more. Yeah, trustworthy. There's than, just so much scrutiny on kind of every word that they say that mm. I think so many of them are just That's like true. every word is perfectly placed so they don't make a mistake. Like they're thinking about every word before it comes yeah. out of their mouth, and it sounds ridiculous because it is. Nobody talks like that, uh, but it is mm. kind of weird because they are being judged for every word, even though that shouldn't be the case. If you slip up and say something, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, I actually meant this." In a normal conversation, people mm. are like, yeah, that's you've just slipped up because you're a human being and you're not thinking about every yeah. bloody sentence before it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> but with the politicians, that's true. They're, like, and I guess, they're getting criticised for it. And I guess a lot of the, yeah, if they slip up, it gets printed on like yeah, all it's the like a newspapers yeah, and yeah, stuff. Exactly. It's like gets quoted and stuff yeah. like that unfairly a lot yes. of the time, but that's all just the what time. happens. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Can't be as bad as, yeah. uh, he, yeah, he so can't sound as bad as Kanye this week though. Um, Kanye is- No, uh, he's, no. I, I honestly, f- I feel bad watching him. I, I watched, um, what did I watch? I watched a bit of a Pierce Morgan interview because he's been doing a couple of interviews. And like that man is not well, like not Pierce Morgan. Kanye is not well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he should not <laughs> Both be. Both of them. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of sad because obviously he just has a ton of money. He's very famous. So no one can really tell him no. Whereas I think in most situations, I think if someone was kind of in his state, they probably would have people around him telling him not to do that not go public uh, mm. in the way he is but yeah he's uh he's a bit of a bit of a disaster falling off the, the rails a little bit yeah mm. which is sad because he built such a great name for himself yeah you know through through his art and through his music yeah and to just now that it's come out i mean yeah it's just uh yeah i can't can't get around that that's yeah. very sad kanye You've you've done some silly things, and uh, well, quite rightly. I mean, you know, you know, do the crime, do the time, or whatever of the course. saying is. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't think hate speech is uh, acceptable in any format um, ever. So I think that no. there should be some punishment. But I, I actually yeah. read. Um, I, I just think that it's sad that you know he built this, he it's built correct. all these businesses, I, yeah, and yeah. he has great art, and a lot of people respect his music and that sort of thing, and like his music. Yeah, but, I'm not saying it's yeah, sad that it's happening to him in that like versus what he's yeah. saying, which is clearly yeah. anti-Semitic. I mean, it's sad the situation of what's happening. I, I, I guess. But yeah. yeah, some of the stuff he's. I mean, I haven't been following it too closely, but yeah, I mean, bit mm. of a disaster. Um, in terms of the, uh, I, I wanted to put this in real quick, um, not because of the controversy, but because of the, um, because of the finance, uh, the finance, the sponsorship deals related to it. Mm. Um, f- uh, Forbes estimates that his net worth has dropped uh, to four hundred million from over two billion, <laughs> just on the back of losing all of these, um, all these contracts. So. I mean, four hundred million. He's doing fine, but <laughs> yeah, still, crazy. I don't think I'd like it if I had two two bill in the bank and then all of a sudden the next day I had like four hundred million. Yikes! It's like, man, should have should have kept my thoughts to myself on that one, should, shouldn't should I? I said that. <laughs> <sighs> oh boy. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> there's a there's I, I don't know if you've seen it the quote he was on some like hip hop podcast like a, a week or two ago right. and a direct quote from that podcast was the funny thing is I could literally say anti-Semitic uh, Semitic, uh, things and Adidas wouldn't drop me 
That was a direct quote from Kanye. That's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not great. That, that one didn't age well, did it? No. Nope, well, Adidas nope. uh, did drop you, and uh, and now you are copying the consequences. Mm. So that yeah, there you go. Did you see? Um, not a, not a great not a great situation all around. You see, uh, you see Musk going into the uh, Twitter headquarters with a sink, holding a sink. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. How funny is that? I think the first like the first part of this podcast now is just like is going to be recapping pop culture. Yes, but like no, we'll move on to the stock market news and the yeah, boring we'll, we'll, and the we'll finance and the investing. We'll but <laughs> we're going to go through all, all the pop, all the all the funny memes and stuff at the start. Rishi Sunak, yeah, Elon Musk. That was hell. Yeah. That was hilarious. Explain it if if people haven't heard it. You better explain. Yeah. It so people. he there was the, 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 people just filmed him walking into the HQ. I think I guess maybe for the first time, or at least I don't know, maybe not for the first time. But um, he was carrying like a sink, like a basin, as the, as in copying that meme, like let that sink in uh, that stupid meme where there's just the door and the sink behind the door <laughs> so stupid yeah. I mean it's hilarious but it's also like he's having a little bit too much fun for someone who just announced they're going to lay off what 80% of Twitter's yeah. uh, workforce like t- what 5,000 people are losing their jobs at some point soon so yeah. I don't know like he's having a bit too much fun uh, for someone in that mm. position but I don't know I guess it just is what it is I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah Yes, but he is the memester. He is the meme lord, mm. the techno king, as they call him. But anyway, with right. all that said, that's all the that's all the pop culture kind of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. We should actually, talk there's, about there's the one more actual stock market. There's there's one more in, po- in pop oh, culture. Uh, ShareSite is sponsoring today's episode. Uh, that's news this week. Oh, yeah. So tell um, me about that. Yeah. So ShareSite is an application you can use to track the performance of your stock portfolio. So you can bring in all of your trades uh, either automatically by connecting your brokers uh, or you can use Excel or add them in one by one. And once you do, it will track all the gains and losses uh, in your portfolio. So capital gains, dividends. If you have dividend reinvestment plans, it will do those calculations for you. Currency gains, if you're buying shares uh, internationally or you hold foreign currencies. Uh, and then you can also use it for when it comes to tax time. So ShareSite generates up to 12 different reports that can be used to track the performance of your portfolio, the diversity, things like that, as well as at tax time to work out things such as capital gains, dividend income, and more. Uh, at the moment, you can try ShareSite for free by heading over to sharesite.com forward slash young investors. That's site spelled S-I-G-H-T, sharesite.com forward slash young investors. Uh, so use that link, sign up to a free plan, track up to 10 holdings for as long as you want. Uh, or you can also use that link to sign up to a premium plan if you want for more features and more reporting, and you'll get four months off a yearly subscription if you use our link. Uh, and as always, uh, if you do use that link when you're signing up, uh, you'll be supporting the podcast. So thank you very much uh, to those people who have done so over the past, what, three, four years that we've been doing this podcast now? Three years. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It, it has been a 200 while. episodes. All right. Oh, should um, <clears throat> two on, yeah, over 200 episodes. It's pretty impressive. It's kind of crazy. We're just in our groove now. We just know Thursday yeah. morning, wake up, record the podcast. Yeah, it's in the good. rhythm. Um, all right, should I go through Google earnings first? Yes, take us through Google, and then we'll uh, then we'll do all some right. sideways comparison to to Meta. See how the two businesses are doing. All right, revenue sixty nine. It was it was actually I didn't even look up what the stock did. I'm going to look it that tanked, up. I think. Stock. Did it? Alpha uh, I think bet. It I mean, it didn't tank as bad as Meta, I don't think. Uh, we'll, we'll get to no, Meta. No, Meta. <laughs> it did actually. Yeah. F- last, it did. It tanked uh, seven and a half. Now it's, it's uh, initially seven and a half percent. Now it's down nine percent. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, 10% okay. cheaper. All right. 
No worries. So anyway, so let's talk about the numbers. Revenue came in at $69 billion for Alphabet, um, which was only up 6% year over year. Hmm. Um, operating income was uh, $17 billion, and uh, that was quite a bit worse than Q3 2021. Uh, which was 21 billion. So they've dropped year over year from 21 billion down to 17 billion of operating income. So right. Google achieved a 25% operating margin last quarter, which is down from 32% from Q3 2021. Mm. Um, I thought that was quite a substantial drop for you know a predominantly software based business. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we're talking about just last week that Tesla achieved a 17.2 percent um operating margin so yeah, 17.2 i mean it's this yeah they're big businesses it's still a long way away from 25 percent. but you know yeah. it's you know it's well, not it's pretty crazy as a comparison yeah. you know a car maker 17.2 versus like google a software company 25 yeah, that I, I feel like that's that's been a definite a lot of people have been kind of like oh this is a software business versus a physical business that kind of doesn't it's not like a perfect comparison because i mean take google i mean they have a lot of fixed advertising costs even though they're a software business like every time they take a new dollar on youtube they have a fixed like what is it 55 percent that goes to the creators that's like that's a fixed cost good point right even though they're a software business it's a fixed cost and the same thing applies for their network marketing uh, network advertising uh and, and, and a bunch of other aspects um of their business where as they scale revenue, their costs are scaling at the same rate. Um, so yeah, it is kind of a redundant comparison, I think, anymore to be like, this is a physical business that sells physical products that has fixed physical costs. Well, digital businesses can also have fixed costs. And I guess technically, YouTube can change. They have the ability to reduce that that deal at some point. But uh, yeah, it's still, a, it's still definitely a fixed cost. Um, in fact, mm, they, don't even, get the, point, they don't even get the scale efficiencies, right? Like, for businesses selling physical products, as they scale, they yeah, their costs are fixed, but as a percentage of revenue, they probably will go down as they buy their goods in more, their, their materials in more, more bulk. They don't get that with YouTube ads, for example. Um, mm, so, that's a good mm. point. I hadn't thought about that too much, but that does make sense. <clears throat> All right. Let's, um, so moving on from operating to net. So net income came uh, came in at thirteen point nine billion, which was down from eighteen point nine billion in Q three of last year. Mm. So year over year, um, starting as well, quite quite substantially lower. To be to be perfectly frank. Um, in terms of, so we'll go through revenue line by line because um, that's always quite interesting. They got quite a few different kind of facets to their to their total revenue number. So Google search, which is the big behemoth, uh, that rose 4.25% year, year over year in terms of revenue. YouTube ads fell 1.86% and Google network, which is all the other third parties that use their advertising network, um, fell 1.9% year over year. So those three together is Google advertising. So overall, Google advertising rose uh, 2.54%. So you can see how much Google search carries that. Um, so, it rose 2.54% to $54.5 billion. So, 79% of their revenue was from advertising. 
Um, then beyond that, Google Other rose 2%. That's Android, Play Store, Chrome, um, hardware, so phones, their Wi-Fi routers, their speakers, um, also includes Google Maps, the revenue they generate from having the best mapping system in the world. <laughs> um, then on top of that, so that's Google Other. Then on top of that, they've got Cloud. So Cloud revenue rose 37.64% year over year, which is very impressive, um, but still only accounts for $6.8 billion of revenue in the quarter. And that was of their $69 billion of quarterly revenue, so it's still a small chunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other bets rose 14.84%, but that's so tiny it doesn't even matter. But that's revenue. If we look at operating results, um, Google services declined from $23.9 billion to $19.7 billion. Then Google Cloud went from negative 644 million to negative 699 million. So still negatives and getting a little bit worse in terms of Google Cloud. And then other bets went from negative 1.3 to negative 1.6. So operating results, they actually had um, worse operating results in all three areas. Yeah. Which is interesting. I would. uh, 23.9 billion to 19.7 billion for Google services. That's uh, not insignificant. Yeah, I would imagine they're probably feeling the pinch of a, a lot of businesses like we spoke about. I think Netflix said the last week or the week before where they're collecting a lot of revenue in foreign currencies and maybe their expenses yep. are in US dollars. So the FX is having somewhat of a negative effect. I know Meta that we'll talk about had some of that. Um, and then just, yeah, mm. I, I guess I guess you'll, you'll kind of take us through maybe some of the specific numbers in terms of clicks and, and, and cost of click and that sort yep. of thing. They did note just on that, they didn't really talk about like how much it's affecting each kind of area with the whole uh, foreign currency, but they did say revenue growth was 6% year over year. It would have been 11% on a constant currency basis. Okay. So there's yeah, still there's still a, a, dec- a significant uh, impact of the, of the um, foreign ex- uh, exchange rates at the moment. Mm. Um, okay, where was I? So, yes, yeah, so at a basic level, numbers were down, as we said, uh, currency was a big factor. Um, they also did say that the the their results this quarter was a result of lapping last year's period of elevated growth. So I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, is is that true? So I looked at Q3 that we've just had versus Q2, mm. um, and revenues flat versus Q2. Operating income uh, was down in Q3 versus Q2 from 19 billion to 17 billion. Net income was 16 billion, and now it's 14. So I don't know if I buy that they're just lapping a high growth period, considering yeah. like quarter over quarter results still aren't that impressive. So yeah, I, um, I feel like it'd be probably more accurate to say that 2020, 2021 was so absurdly high and that was mm. kind of a, a huge benefit through the, um, the stay at home orders and that sort of thing. And now businesses are experiencing higher costs. They're looking to cut marketing budgets. So it's probably a combination of both of of a tough comparison to a really good period and we're not in the greatest environment for businesses to be yeah. throwing money at advertising. Yeah, and I'll take you through uh, some some more of the specifics of advertising. So this is what we like to dig into. These are the numbers we like to look at. So there was an 8% rise in paid clicks. There was a 5% reduction in cost per, clicks, uh, cost per click. So more clicks they noted due to increased search volume and reduced costs due to a device and geographic mix and foreign exchange. Interesting. Uh, interestingly, um, they note, this is, this is something that confused me. See if you can figure this out and help me mm-hmm. out here. They note that one of the reasons for the rise in paid clicks was growth in advertiser spending but they also note 
um, that advertiser spending was a contributing factor to the reduction in cost per click. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so I think that's I think that's a little bit contradictory. They're basically yeah, I, saying that oh yeah we're getting more paid clicks because advertisers are spending more, and then they're essentially saying oh the the cost per click is going down because advertisers are spending less. Yeah, and, and I guess that yeah that does sound, that sounds absolutely absurd. Uh, but yeah, they they really didn't need to say that. I think it makes what, what you said before, which was the reduction is due to a change in the mix of device and geography, that makes more sense that there could be more clicks, yeah. but the if you're if there's more adver- adver- uh, advertisements being run on mobile versus desktop, for example, those those clicks uh, cost less. So I guess you could, I guess it, co- it yeah, it, it just sounds absurd though. <laughs> it does. It, it, it sounds it ridiculous that, uh, it, yeah, the, the advertiser spending could have an effect on positive and the negative side, but uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. But anyway, it, that's, it that's what they said. Yeah. Um, overall, three uh, percent increase in impressions and a five percent reduction in cost per impression. Right. So, and kind I wonder, of similar story there. I'd be curious to see how much of an effect YouTube Shorts is having on this because YouTube's revenue was down, uh, and I would imagine that part of maybe uh, their increased impressions is, uh, at least in YouTube, is being driven by the increased use of Shorts, maybe relative to traditional YouTube videos, which probably advertise at a higher rate. Uh, so it would be interesting to see. They're obviously not going to give us that level of detail, but it would be interesting to see how pe- how are people spending their time on YouTube? Are they spending quite a large chunk now in shorts versus just before shorts existed? It was all YouTube content. Um, yep. And, you know, maybe there's even more people on the platform now because people are spending less time on TikTok and that sort of thing. That would be kind of the detail that I would be interested in seeing, but we're never going to see that. So. Mm. <laughs> no. We, we could only They dream. did note that they did give some statistics. They didn't do the comparison, though. They noted on right. the earnings call. I'm only halfway through the earnings call, by the way. So, if uh, I haven't I haven't hit the Q&A yet. Um, revenue sharing on shorts starting next year. Yep, we knew about that. Uh, ads have already launched on shorts. They're, obviously, the shorts are a big focus going forward they did note that they're up to one and a half billion users per month on shorts and 30 billion daily views on shorts and i I looked um it's not from an official source but i i was researching and it showed that last quarter tiktok had just over one billion monthly users but i don't think there's a reliable source on how many daily views tiktok gets i I, I don't think so. And even that uh, monthly active users, I've been seeing that 1 billion monthly active users for, I think, at least 18 months. And I don't think they... Okay. I'm not sure if they publicly release it or if it's an estimate or or where this figure is coming from. But I would be very surprised if it had been flat for 18 months. Maybe, maybe it has. Maybe the effect of shorts and reels has slowed their growth to, to nothing. But for them to grow from like 100 million active, monthly active users to a billion in a couple of years and then to just not grow it full stop uh, would be surprising to me. So I'm not not sure if there's like up-to-date data on that, but um, but yeah, YouTube being at 1.5 billion, it's kind of the same effect as as, uh, Instagram that they can just bring their audience to the same kind of uh, style of short form content immediately and people just gravitate to it because they already have the YouTube app and they already spend a lot of time on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. They also noted... um in terms of TV, I was going to ask, because you keep up to date with this with Netflix in particular, yeah. they noted on their on their conference call, YouTube was the leader in streaming TV viewership in the US in yeah. September for the first time, according to Nielsen data. Is that true? Yeah. So, uh, I think we looked at this maybe last week. So, they, they, they in the US, they grab 8% of total viewing time 
and then Netflix right. was about 7.3. The one thing to keep in mind oh, okay. in there is that uh, uh, YouTube is including their YouTube Live, which is, uh, oh, sorry, YouTube TV, which is their subscription to the cable channels. So they've got this really great product, which is a very natural progression of if you have a cable subscription, instead of having to physically plug in a thing and you have one kind of setup for cable, you can just subscribe to YouTube TV, get all the cable channels in the US, you can at least, uh, and you just watch them streaming on any of your devices at any time. If you actually remove that, they're... Okay. they're share is 6.9%, so they're not the largest if you exclude their cable subscription. But with their cable subscription, yeah, right. they're the biggest. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, so they definitely foc- – they they said that for YouTube, their focus is on TV and on shorts, um, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Uh, what else did I note from the conference call? Uh, there's a Pixel tablet coming in 2023. Um, they had their highest selling week ever for Pixel recently with the release of their new wow. phones. Actually, I have one. I have the Pixel uh, 7. I just got the standard Pixel 7. Yeah, it's good. I really like it so far. Yeah, very handy. Um, I, I'm coming from like a very old phone now. Um, actually, it's an, it was an old Pixel, but I've... Um, I stopped updating it because it's just the every update I got the battery would get worse. Yeah. So I've just got I've gotten this new and I was just playing around and this is actually something they they talked about in the conference call that how they're focusing on AI to improve uh, the search experience, but they're also focusing on Google Lens. Um, do you do you have a Google? Phone? No, I have a Samsung. Do you have Google Lens? I've no Samsung's Google Lens, man. AI. Oh. <laughs> I I was using Google Lens. It's so good, dude. I was pointing it like I'd take a photo of my mouse and I'd just yeah. be like this is an MX Master 3 you can buy it here and it costs this much Actually, this is the best deal this is this so Samsung good. must have Google Lens because it's all AI so it must be it's still Android it must be on here Right. I, I don't use yeah, it. Yeah, actually, that's I true. Remember, it's Android. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I remember, I used to have Pixel phones, and I used to, you know, go through and check out all the features and that sort of thing. And yeah, it is. It, I remember yeah. even back then, it was it was very good. Uh, mm. Just yeah, to to kind of take photos of things and quickly find them. It was so crazy. Like JJ over there, he's got this little Lego model of mm. a car, and it's not in a box or anything. He's just built the Lego model. He just sits on his desk. I took a photo of the Lego model. And I was just like, oh, it's this Lego set. This is where you buy it from. This is how much. I was like, oh, my God. It's like I didn't even have to have the packaging or anything. Like I was just pointing it at everything. It's so good. So they're definitely focusing their AI efforts on being able to search. I actually pointed it. It's so good. Like I can see out my window a couple of trees. I pointed it out um, at the tree. Uh, it took a photo and it took like maybe five to ten seconds. And I was like, oh, it's by the way, it's this this type of tree, if you're wondering. Yeah, it's like, yeah. holy smokes, that is awesome. That is so cool. So I'm having I'm having a good time. But it makes sense. I mean, it's got the Tensor 2 mm. chip in. They're focused on AI. It's um, it's clearly showing. Marquez said it's, you know, it is the smartest smartphone. Other smartphones beat it on um, hardware, but yeah. it is the smartest smartphone. And I am not disagreeing so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Uh, that's basically all I had to say for Google. Um, they noted cloud revenue growth was above average. They um, they didn't talk about how it's losing more money now. They noted that Google Workspace now has over 8 million business customers worldwide, which I thought was very interesting. I am one of them. Do I you am use too. Google Workspace as well? Yeah, it's yep, great. There you go. Yeah. 
yeah, very handy. Um, and yeah, they, they also noted greater focus on higher growth areas from now on and a pause on all the other stuff, which makes sense given the economic environment. They also said they're going to significantly lower their headcount for Q4. Right. Wow. So there you go. That's kind of crazy because yeah. they- well, yeah, we'll to, them, I think they're at a- What are they at? 186,000 yeah. employees, yeah, I think. insane. Oh, I don't want to get that wrong. Where is it? It's right at the top. It is 186,779 employees at the end of Q3. It's crazy because these- so It's a lot of people. All these tech companies have just hired so many people over the last like two yeah, or three they years. they have, haven't they? So it's kind of odd for them now to just suddenly be cutting <laughs> heaps of them. Mm. But uh, it, it's just very weird because, yeah, it matters in the same position. I'll, I'll talk about- um, Actually, I don't know if I, I yeah. mentioned their headcount here, but- um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. But no, that was the case, wasn't it? Like, I remember talking about Meta Headcount and we were saying, oh, they're bolstering their security and privacy division with extra staff and it's going to cost a couple billion dollars extra every quarter. Or whatever. And we would, at the time, because times were good, we we're like, ah, oh, it's fine, you know, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> and now they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And now we're like, oh my God, there's so many people working here. We need to get rid of some. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's all I had to say for uh, yeah. Google. So, do you want to take us through Meta? Yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take us through Meta. Um, the, yeah, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the stock was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, well, it was last night for for uh, for us here, but for you guys a couple of days ago. Uh, the stock uh, was down during the day before earnings came out 6%, and then it is now down another 20% in after hours, I think, or right about 20% down. <sighs> Um, which is a big because they yeah what? they were going down very heavily during the day and then after hours they got absolutely destroyed and I just had a look from their 2021 peak they're down I think about 75 percent or 73 percent or something like that which is uh whoa which is crazy uh so um yeah I definitely dodged the bullet on that one <laughs> your uh, um. You're not in Meta anymore. No, I got. Sorry, we can talk about this off air if you like. No, 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 it's okay. I, I got rid of them in. Uh, I think it was like early March or late February or something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I definitely uh, took you know some of the decline that happened through twenty twenty or late twenty twenty one, but um, fortunately, I've I've kind of dodged the uh, the last six months, which has been yeah, pretty pretty wow. significant. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was really just what, because. What, do, you, do you mind if I ask you what your reasons were behind like deciding to kind of move on from Meta? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I probably should have sold them kind of a lot earlier. There, there's kind of a few different reasons. I think I can't model the metaverse, so uh, they're spending a lot of money on the metaverse, and I and I can't really. There's no visibility on cash flow really at all. Uh, and then when it comes to their core business, which I think you could have previously modeled um, reasonably, there's a lot of uncertainty. I think the biggest thing is probably the iOS tracking change. The fact that uh, Facebook, and I've spoken about this in a couple of videos if people want kind of more, my deeper thoughts on this on YouTube. Um, but uh, essentially, Facebook relies on a lot of third-party tracking um, and a lot of third-party data. And iOS uh, kind of introduced this change where people could easily opt out of that. Uh, Android is probably going to be implementing something similar. And compared to Google, they're a lot more exposed to those changes. Google collects a lot of its data itself. It has Search, YouTube, uh, has Android, the Play Store. It has all of this internal data that they can use. So they don't have to rely on third-party data. Um, so that that was probably one of the biggest 
factors that that led to me thinking maybe I can't clearly see what the future cash flows of, of uh, even their advertising business would be. And there's other things such as, you know, the, the shift towards lower monetizing ads like reels and that sort of thing. But, but yeah. Right. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I, I got, I, <laughs> for, and we'll see. I mean, I never want to see a business do poorly and I, I actually am very hopeful um, on their metaverse ambitions because I think it's super exciting. Um, I hope that he continues to, especially as an outsider now, um, that he continues to spend a lot of money and, and develop these incredible technologies because I think it's cool. Um, I'm definitely not anti mm. the business or anything like that. Um, I think it's a great business. But um, in terms of the quarter, really they just they just missed expectations so bad. Like it was, it was really, it was a big miss. Really? Um, yeah. There was actually quite a few, a bit of commentary on the fact that it, the, the miss was so bad that they probably should have done like a pre-announcement. <laughs> you know, sometimes companies adjust their guidance before the quarter ends kind of because they just know right. they're going to miss so Soften badly. The blow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, the, the miss is so bad that they can't even wait to earnings. They have to like, they have to like pad it out. Um, but they didn't do that. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a disaster for the stock. So uh, revenue came in at $27.7 billion for the quarter, down 4% uh, year over year. And there's quite a few factors that kind of drove that. They spoke about some of them in the press release, and then um, they spoke about more in more detail on the conference call, which again, the same as you, I only listened to kind of half of, uh, of Facebook's um, conference call. Yeah. Uh, in terms of their advertising business, which is pretty much their business, uh, ad impressions were up 17%, uh, but average price per ad was down 18%. So pretty much different numbers, but same as Google. Um, the number of ads going up, or the ad placements and uh, the price per ad <laughs> uh, going down. Um, one of the drivers of that was there's more users on the on the apps. So in terms of the family of apps, all of their their, their basket of social apps, uh, they now have 3.71 billion monthly active users and 2.93 billion daily active users, which was up 4% year over year. Uh, so still getting some growth out of that, but it's uh, it's definitely slowing down now, reaching somewhat of a, a peak, I would imagine. Um, and then Facebook, which is just the Facebook platform and Messenger, uh, had 2.96 billion monthly active users and 1.98 billion daily active users, which was up 2 to 3% year over year. So uh, their growth in that is, uh, yeah, pretty much stalled to a, to, to a halt. But um, mm. as we always say, it's kind of surprising they're still able to get any growth out of, uh, out of those figures. Yeah, um, yeah. They mentioned a two uh, percent foreign exchange impact. So a little bit of an impact was was uh, against forex, uh, but not as much as I would expect, considering their revenue was down four percent. Mm. So um, clearly, there's kind of other things that are having bigger impacts on uh, why they're no longer growing. Uh, and they mentioned a couple of those things on the conference call. Uh, uh, more lower priced ads on reels uh, uh, as that drives more engagement than um, stories and feed. So that's kind of uh, I'm sure. Google's probably going through a similar thing with shorts, which is people are spending more time on this short form content and it doesn't monetize as well and they haven't ramped up monetization there yet. So it's kind of just, uh, as Zuckerberg said, displacing uh, revenue from um, uh, previous ads where they could they could get more revenue. Mm. Uh, 
uh, they didn't mention this, but I, I'm just uh, assuming that uh, the less effectiveness of their ads due to the iOS change is also probably having an effect on how much advertisers are willing to pay for ads. I think the impact was $10 billion last year, they said. Um, we don't know what that impact will be by the end of this year, but hopefully at the end of the year, they'll give us a full imp- uh, a full idea of uh, what they think that figure uh, would be. And then also they did mention the short-term decline in online shopping and ad ad budgets, uh, which of course is probably affecting Google as well. Um, So, yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And then... uh, Um, I don't know. Sorry. I uh, I think we're uh, we're on quite a delay. I think our internet is being a little bit dodgy at the moment. So, I'm just kind of letting you talk because I've noticed by like when I finish talking, (laughs) it takes you like a few seconds before you... So, I'm I'm just just shutting up. But no, that's um, that's, uh, interesting. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Only Um, 2% foreign exchange impact. I would have thought it'd be more than that. But yeah... Um, anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, that's okay. They're, yeah, so I mean, they're, they're clearly feeling, I, I would imagine there's probably a large effect of some of the, the short-term um, uh, businesses pulling back some of their ad budget. It's just difficult to see what is, uh, what's kind of representing fundamental shifts in maybe how consumers use Facebook's products and whether they can run ads effectively on, in those ways and what is just the short-term macro problems that are, that are kind of uh, hitting every kind of advertising business. Um, they're also probably facing some competition, I would imagine, from TikTok and YouTube shorts, um, uh, although their impressions were up. So um, that's kind of uh, it was one positive thing. It is difficult, even though impressions mm-hmm. were up, to imagine or, or to figure out how much time people are spending on different apps. Um, we don't really have all that much clarity on that. Fortunately, in kind of the TV <coughs> space, we can see we have places like Nielsen, which tracks how people are spending their time on cable and, and YouTube and that sort of thing. But when it comes to mobile apps and that sort of thing, we don't have we don't we don't have any data. Um, we'd be relying on. I was yeah, I was just gonna say it's interesting how like you remember when Snapchat came out with Stories and then essentially all the big dogs nicked it. Well, by the big dogs, I mean like Facebook and Instagram, which are the same same thing. Yeah. It's interesting now that um, now that there are there's Facebook with Instagram Reels, there's TikTok, and then there's YouTube Shorts. It's interesting that all three of these businesses are large businesses, and they're now all focusing on the exact same product. So I'm, it's very difficult. I think it's very very difficult to see who's going to win or even if there will be a winner in this space. Does it come down to like it's so will there be an environment where we will just have three different apps but then it's just like where are your friends at because you, all the, you know all the content will be posted across all three so you're still yeah. going to like the same funny TikTok's going to be on Instagram real. It's going to be so hard because there's three instead of like a small business making something quirky and fun and then a big business copying it and then squashing Snapchat, you mm. know. It's now like we've got three big businesses that are all <laughs> trying to do the exact same thing. So yeah. it's like, hmm, I wonder if there is one winner out of that or whether it's just like all three of them. And yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to see. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. I, do you have any, any ideas on that? I think there could probably be two winners because I think 
personally, my horse in this race now is YouTube, just because they have the ad, the ad, um, uh, ad split. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? That's the, true. Uh, the content they, creators will go to YouTube because they are going to get more. Yeah, the pay rev- they get the revenue split. Short form content. Yeah, yeah, but with that said, I think YouTube over time has continued the 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 production quality of content on YouTube has just consistently increased. So I think shorts uh, could probably represent more of a short term content or short form content that relates to that higher kind of uh, high production quality content that are in full mm. full form YouTube videos. Whereas maybe Reels or TikTok can still sit as being more casual for people just you know more like stories where people are just sharing quick form things with their friends um that kind of stuff seems to fit more organically on either tiktok or reels than it does in youtube where uh if someone's posting that kind of thing then there's no, they can't really link to a youtube channel where they're doing a similar thing so uh, but who, who knows um you're right. It's just it's a very it's an open field, and and we'll kind of have to see. It is who 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 gets there first. But I'm sure money will probably drive a significant yeah. amount of that industry. So YouTube's decision seems to, do to the make the world split, go around on that. It does. So, um, yeah, YouTube was smart to to make that change in terms of reality laps. So they're they're metaverse uh, quest mm, into yes. into the unknown. Um, no pun intended. Uh, the revenue was uh, two hundred and eighty five million dollars. Down forty nine percent year over year, so that's not good. Um, Oof! But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it is very early stage, so of course their revenues go up and down all the time. But um, they do have kind of a, a suite of products now, um, so you would hope that there would be some flaw on their revenue of people consistently buying their VR products. But that market isn't quite there yet. Um, we don't really get any insight onto unit sales um, or anything. Uh, I think uh, Zuckerberg wants to sell a billion. VR headsets. I think that's what his kind of long-term Polaris star kind of goal is. But uh, in a couple of interviews, he's been asked how many he sold and he has not uh, answered. Although I think some estimates were like 10 million units, but he didn't kind of give any clarity on whether that's even close right. to, to how many they've actually More cars sold. than Rivian have delivered. That is very likely. Um, assuming they've sold a <laughs> headset, then uh, yes, that would be correct. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, it is interesting. It's so early on, but geez, yeah, uh, revenue down 49% year over year. But there was that. There's also that stat where it was like sometime last year, I think, or maybe it was last year, that like Quest 2s outsold Xboxes. Maybe that right. was because Xboxes were choked with the supply chain chip shortage and I don't know. Maybe Meta <laughs> took advantage of that better, but yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Well, they're spending a lot of money on it, so I hope it pays off for them. As a shareholder, I hope it pays off. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they, they just released the new kind of pro headset, which is 1500 US dollars. Uh, so, I mean, you would expect, and we haven't seen that in a full quarter yet. So, uh, actually, I'm not even sure if it's even out yet. I think you can only pre order. So, next quarter, we'll see. Probably, yeah. Next quarter and next year, we'll see how many sales they do of that device. Because, yeah, I mean, if they sell a million, they probably won't do this, but if they sold a million units of that device, it's $1.5 billion in revenue. So, uh, we will see a meaningful change in that Reality Labs revenue figure if they sell a meaningful amount of devices. If they sell, mm. you know, 100,000 devices, then, I mean, even 100,000 devices, 150 million, so in revenue. So, it, you know, that would yeah. be a meaningful change. So we'll see. If they sell no devices, then we'll know about it because their revenue won't move. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, it's a t- tough to sell a $1,500 device in um, a high inflation yeah. environment when people really don't, maybe don't yep. need to spend more time in the metaverse. 
Um, yeah, maybe uh, yeah, it's like maybe some architects will go for it, that kind of thing. But um, professionals, yeah. yeah, I just there's there's just not there's not too many situations at the moment where a fifteen hundred or what was it fifteen hundred dollar headset is um, yeah. or eleven? How much was it? Eleven hundred dollars? Fifteen hundred? Fifteen hundred US. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not too many situations where that is worth the value. It's not value for money at that point for too many people. There are some situations, maybe some people just be boss VR gamers with it on or something. But it's yeah. just not a. It's an experiment at yeah. the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they've uh, they've now spent uh, nine point four billion dollars in three quarters this year on on VR. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're full steam ahead pumping Jeez. at the $10 billion a year. They said they were going to spend, they're going to spend more than 10 this year, probably closer to 12, uh, on, uh, on their metaverse, uh, journey. Um, and then in terms of costs, mm-hmm. we're really seeing that R and D costs were up 50% year over year. And then everything else was up about t- 10 to 12%. So even if you exclude R and D <laughs> for the metaverse, I mean, everything else up 10 to 12% in a year where revenues down 4% is not great. And uh, it had a pretty meaningful impact on profit, uh, which came in at four point four billion, down fifty two percent year over year. Um, mm. so what do you go. reckon happen would happen to the stock right now if um, if Mark came out and said, "Look, guys, we were so you know excited about the metaverse, but you know we've actually decided that that's not the future. <laughs> so we're going to stop all of our spending in this area, and we're just going to focus on advertising." You reckon the stock goes up or down? If he says that, the stock goes up. Hundred percent, the stock goes up. There's no yeah, doubt I reckon about it. The stock it. goes up as well. The stock hundred percent goes up. <laughs> but where it goes long term, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, Maybe this is necessary for the long term. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, like, who even knows what the cash flows of this business will be? Uh, uh, I mean, as I said, even a million. If you're selling ten million devices, I mean, that's still fifteen billion in revenue. It's a drop in the bucket of their advertising business. So. Um, yeah, I remember listening to the Monish Pabrai interview and he said, just don't, don't think about the cash flow of, of uh, Reality Labs. Just just, just yeah. imagine that it's just like a, a an extra $10 billion cost each yeah. year and just factor that in and just, you know, instead of trying to guess because you could come to some, you could come to some wacky conclusions trying to think, oh, yeah, you know, I think the metaverse is the next big thing. They're going to be making $150 billion in annual revenue from metaverse. Te- like, you just don't know that. So, Monish, Monish's yeah. thoughts, if you're looking at meta, just forget or just don't forget about Reality Labs, but assume it's going to eat $10 billion a year for the next 10 years yeah. and then just base your entire valuation off of advertising. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I used mm. to value Meta. Um, just don't even think yeah. about any benefit. I just assume they just burn ten million a year, and Zuckerberg has some fun trying to make some headsets and some glasses, and then uh, and then he gives up. <laughs> wow, that's so cool! <laughs> yeah. All right, that was fun. Uh, what are we doing now? Oh, that's right, yeah. advertising. <laughs> well, the rest of the company can get on with uh, actually yeah. what makes money. Uh, he can just he can play with his, yeah, uh, exactly. his headsets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's it. Um, but yeah, obviously there's still headwinds in the in the advertising space as well with the um, yeah. iOS crackdown and Google crackdown. But you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think that destroys their business. I think it makes the targeting a little bit harder. But I still th- like advertisers still want to use Meta. I mean, they can still target people very, very effectively, even if yeah. they can't. Even if they go in more blind than they currently are. 
something. Yeah. Still, and they're, they're putting in the well, effort to get the AI up to speed to, to be less reliant um, yeah. uh, I, on data to be able to serve good ads. So. Yeah, I mean, you can't forget this about. The, it. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit more of the opposite of what, of what you think. So I'm still a shareholder, whereas you, you've moved on. Right. So I, I just ha- come to, I guess, a little bit of a different conclusion. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, no one can forget they have a huge amount of engagement of the world uh, on their platform, and that's a huge margin of safety. Um, so you know, even if if I'm saying there's le- less visibility on on their future cash flows, I'm not saying that that means that the company is going to zero for sure. I mean, they have huge, they have a huge floor on their revenue side of their business, which is the fact that they they have so much engagement on their pla- social platforms, and advertisers want to get in front of people, and um, and that's uh, you know that that's that's not yeah mm. definitely not to be forgotten in in the discussion around Meta. I also think there's a lot of potential for future. Like there's still so much about Meta that isn't monetized or not monetized to its f- not. I don't want to say full potential because you don't want to just like barrage ads and just like make it a bad experience. But like, for example, WhatsApp yeah. isn't monetized at all. And it's got however many billions of users and stuff. I mean, maybe you can't really generate that much ad revenue from a platform like that because it's like end-to-end encryption. So you kind of just like throwing your line out there kind of not knowing what what's even in the lake kind of thing but um you know i mean if if times got tough they could definitely push hard and turn on some more advertising taps they could definitely just yeah they've got so much potential still in a lot of different apps and i was talking to uh, divya narendra about that he's super bullish on whatsapp because it's not even monetized yet yeah. in any way, shape or form. He was and also talking about like maybe it's not a traditional advertising model. Maybe it's more of an advertising model about um, uh, like directly connecting uh, businesses, not just like, hey, buy our product, but like directly connecting businesses to clients. Maybe there's some sort of service there. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, well on that, I mean, one partnership that they have now with Salesforce, which is the customer relationships manager, uh, is uh, they, they have a partnership where Salesforce directs Salesforce customers to use WhatsApp um, to communicate with customers. So um, that's like a business to business way that WhatsApp has this, you know, huge network uh, and they can use it to as like the, the kind of um, infrastructure to connect customers for, for more, uh, for, for other kinds of businesses, like a Salesforce, which, which mm. is kind of managing businesses, customers and that sort of thing. So um, mm. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's we'll a lot of potential. But anyway, um, sorry, uh, I've, Probably through. Was there anything else no, we had that's to add it. to? Yeah. That's oh, it. that was it. Okay, that's cool. all we got. So, yeah, it was, was a, was a rough, yeah, um, rough, rough for the year for the two advertising giants <laughs> this quarter. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was. No good. It was. All right. Um, what should we talk about next? Um, I can- um, what did I put in? I forgot. Oh, this is a very quick one. I'll go through this. Uh, Mobileye shares closed uh, more up more than 37% in their stock market debut on Wednesday after the maker of technology for self-driving cars was spun out of Intel. Oh. Uh, Mobileye was publicly traded before Intel bought the Israeli company in 2017 for $15.3 billion. At its IPO price of $21, Mobileye was valued at just $17 billion, resulting in minimal gains for Intel thus far. But the stock uh, trading under the ticker MBLY rose, 20, uh, rose to $27.85 on Wednesday, representing a 37% gain. Wow. So that's, uh, that's gone. Uh, they've put that back on the market and that's gone 
pop in one day. Wow. Um, however, Intel will retain uh, control of Mobileye and will uh, and hold over 750 million shares of Class B stock, which has 10 times voting power of Class A stock. The IPO raised $861 million and the move to list Mobileye on the NASDAQ is part of Intel's broader strategy to turn around its core semiconductor business, which has lagged behind rivals like AMD and NVIDIA in recent years. Intel said it would use some funds from the Mobileye listing to build more chip factories as it embarks on a capital-intensive process to become a foundry for other chip makers. There's not too much, uh, apart from the headline that it popped more than 37%, which is quite interesting. And I guess Intel hasn't hasn't really captured too much of that themselves. Um, I actually just wanted to put this in because um, Mobileye is a name I have not heard in years. And right. the reason I had heard it before is that they actually delivered the earliest versions of autopilot for Tesla. So Tesla autopilot oh, right. was actually... Uh, initially created by, uh, or the, the auto lane keeper. They, I think they still called it autopilot back in the very earliest versions. Uh, it was actually created by Mobileye. And then sure enough, Elon was just like, this is not getting good enough, fast enough. He kicked out Mobileye and then they brought it all in-house and have, have gone from there. But right. uh, that was, yeah, there a little bit go. interesting bit of history. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know much about the kind of different competitors in this space. Obviously, there's quite a lot of vehicles that have basic AI uh, uh, autopilot capabilities, like keeping in the lane and that sort of thing. Um, A lot of them do now, yeah. Yeah, so it will be interesting to kind of see how these kind of different competitors um, move over time. But yeah, you would imagine Tesla would still have a huge advantage with how many people are using their beta and how much data they're drawing. And it it is kind of a... You would imagine it's a bit of a flywheel effect where if they're in front, they have more data, kind of like Google... They have more people searching on their algorithm. They have more data coming in, so their algorithm gets exponentially better. And it's when it yeah. kind of takes all in that in that respect. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. We shall see. Anyway, um, that's that's all I had for that. I just wanted to chuck that in because name I'd not heard in a while. Um, what what have you got to talk about, Hamish? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take us through Australian inflation. Our internet's um, I, th- I think it's my internet is uh, is really struggling today. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a I lag, think but, we uh, might uh, we might have too, to yeah. we might have to get. Oh my gosh, yeah, the internet is terrible. We might have to get Andrew to yeah. uh, to clean up this podcast episode a little bit. So we apologize yeah. if there's any kind of issues in the audio experience this week because our internet is very choppy. Yeah. And I think by the time Ooh. by the time each of us end up end talking, it's taking a good two or three seconds before the other person actually starts. So yeah. we might have to clean <laughs> it up. Anyway, Hamish, yeah. take us through uh, Australian inflation, and I'll just yeah. sit here and shut up. Yeah, so uh, Australian inflation figures came in and we only get this uh, once a quarter. So this is the Q3 results. And as I said, I think starting next year, Australia will be uh, doing monthly like the US and, and the UK. So we'll get we'll get more regular uh, updates next year, which will be um, which will be nice. But we're, we're stuck with the quarterly in Australia for now. Uh, the year over year figure came in uh, much higher than the previous quarter, which was to be expected. Came in at seven point three percent year over year to the to the year ended September. Um, so it is actually a comparable figure to the latest monthly figure from the US and the UK, if that makes sense. Um, it's still a year over year figure, uh, even though we only get it once per quarter. Uh, the quarterly increase was one point eight percent, which is pretty significant, kind of a point six percent monthly increase on average through that period and it's the highest annual inflation since 1990 so um we must have had some really crazy inflation in the 80s if we're only back at 90 (laughs) um 
Yeah, true. Uh, or either that or we... I, I, honestly, I haven't looked too far back at Australia's inflation history, so I can't remember if uh, maybe we had a particular, particularly large spike in the 90s as well, uh, unlike some other countries. But um, we're not too far off the US now, which was at 8.2%. So you might remember that the US has kind of seen annual inflation kind of tick down a little bit. Ours is still gone full force up. It's only uh, up. Woo-hoo. Exactly. Uh, keep, just keep riding that wave. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, up and to the right. You know, that's 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 what we want, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. It's exactly what we want. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's what we say as investors, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, it kind of looks like we were we were <laughs> we were uh, we were a little bit braced from inflation, but now it kind of appears like we were just a little bit delayed. <laughs> so um, that's uh, that's mm. unfortunate. Treasurer uh, Jim Chambers uh, uh, Chambers said uh, whether it's food whether it's electricity, whether it's rent, inflation is public enemy, number one. And then he said, um, inflation is the dragon we need to slay. I think he's been watching a bit too much Game of Thrones, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know I don't know what that is. Inflation is the dragon we need to slay. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, okay, right. okay mate. Call um, <laughs> Jim Targaryen or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, the Iron, the Iron <laughs> Throne. Um, the, uh, the the biggest driver of inflation in Australia is actually not energy. Um, energy is cooled off, uh, as has been the case with a, a number of places around the world. It's actually, it's actually also not food either. It's housing. Uh, so overall housing is up 10.1% year over year, but up 3.2% for the quarter, which is really fast for a quarterly rate. Uh, the ABS had to say this on housing, uh, high levels of building construction activity and ongoing shortages of labor and materials continue to drive higher prices for new dwellings. Uh, the cost of buying or building a new home uh, is up 20% year over year. So new homes is uh, is where there's quite a lot of expense. Uh, in terms of... Uh, Food, uh, food's also still a big contributor. Uh, fruit and vegetables are up 16.2% year over year. Uh, and uh, we also had dairy up 12% and bread up 10%. So, you know, as I mentioned, the most important part about inflation is breakfast is getting more expensive, guys. Uh, your eggs, your milk, your bread. Damn um, it. <laughs> so, best meal of the day yeah, the sto- ruined. Yeah. It's Avo a- toast has gone up astronomically yeah yeah exactly the fruit and veggies up so it's probably avo yeah exactly right tomato if you like a bit of tomatoes mushrooms that sort of thing so yeah it's um no but yeah yeah it's um it's yeah you can uh, pick well i mean i don't really eat that much breakfast so this has been kind of good for me um (laughs) oh there you go you save money everyone else has gone backwards eating breakfast and you're you're just yeah exactly what inflation comparatively i'm ahead now yeah um, anyway, uh, inter- I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep quiet and let you power through this because the internet's getting really bad. So I, I actually am just gonna shut up and let you power through this. Sorry, yeah, guys. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, p- apologies for that, guys. Uh, automotive fuel uh, fell for the first time in two years. Um, so it had its first quarterly fall in two years, which is uh, pretty significant. It was down 4.3 percent quarter over quarter but is still up 18% year over year. So similar story to you know what we've spoken about with the US and the UK. Um, year over year, still very high, but more recently, um, cooling off somewhat, uh, at least. Really interesting kind of analysis that I hadn't seen from um, the US or the UK, actually, was that the ABS uh, provided a- an analysis of discretionary and non-discretionary inflation. So kind of comparing 
instead of just looking by category, uh, kind of segmenting categories into things that are uh, discretionary, so not necessary purchases, things people can kind of cut back on, uh, or non-discretionary, which are you know things like food or fuel or housing, where people aren't really going to cut back, even if they get more expensive, they just they're they're, they're necessary expenditures. Um, so in the non-discretionary category, they put fuel, uh, food, housing, utilities, and a couple of other categories. In discretionary, they put things such as recreation, clothing, furnishings, and household equipment. Um, Interestingly, discretionary, so non-necessary inflation, was 5.5% year-over-year. Non-discretionary, so necessary things, was 8.4% year-over-year, which is really important because it kind of feeds into a question we had a couple of weeks ago, which was, uh, about the the energy side of things and whether interest rates rises can actually curb those uh, expenditures because people don't really mm. spend that much less on on energy when prices go up they kind of just eat the cost because you can you know put your aircon or heater on less but uh, more or less your your energy bill is just uh, your energy usage is going to stay kind of similar or your fuel usage for example might stay fairly similar um, which kind of demonstrates that yes interest rate hikes probably can cool some of those discretionary uh, inflation categories but clearly there's some supply side issues that need to be resolved and a lot of that is the very tight labor market uh, and and the rising um, labor costs for a lot of businesses uh, the only thing I would say kind of as a caveat to this is they didn't segment purely based on discretionary and non-discretionary. They just put different categories in those two baskets. So things like food, yes, that's definitely as an overall category, non-discretionary. People can't not eat, obviously. But within food, there is quite a bit of room people have for how they're spending money. So whether they're going out less, whether they're doing, uh, you know, buying different types of foods, substituting premium goods for home brand goods. So there's there's some movement in that really high non-discretionary inflation figure that can come off, I think, with interest rate hikes. Um, but it does give you mm. a picture of yeah, this isn't as simple. This isn't as simple as demand is driving inflation, rise interest rates, demand slows down, we're all good. There's some supply side issues that are uh, baked into quite a bit of inflation here in the US and the UK that uh, that interest rates might not do that much to to resolve. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the situation with inflation in Australia at the moment. And uh, yeah, as I said, we'll get another quarterly update at the beginning of next year. Uh, and then uh, hopefully we'll get our monthly data so we can keep a closer eye on inflation going forward. Yeah, that is a very interesting way to break it down as a discretionary and non-discretionary inflation. I've never really thought about it more like that. But yeah, 8.4% non-discretionary inflation is insane. Yeah. Like that's that yeah that like that really gives you a sense of how much people's budgets are, are being tightened I guess um, yeah I've just got eight point four percent less um, less to spend because they have to spend it on these discrete yeah so that's a pretty crazy way to think about it yeah um, but yeah that's I think that's uh, that's the thing that stood out to me um, yeah, sorry guys about. Do we have anything else to say on inflation? No, no, that, that that's just it. about it. No. Um, I've got a really uh, important, cool. but yeah, very interesting. Really, really important oh, yeah. question that we that we should answer so we can get some uh, some Q and A in. Um, leave your questions on the latest episode on YouTube or on Spotify uh, if you have one. Really important. Hi Brandon, what hair product are you investing in? Looking uh, sharp. So um, <laughs> hang on. <I'll- laughs> <clears throat> 
Here you are, everybody. This is called uh, the uh, Boxer Bollocks. Can <laughs> you see that? <laughs> Boxer Bollocks. Uh, it is a texture paste. It is uh, 90 grams or 3.1 ounces. It is a nice matte finish. It's quite a nice texture clay. It uh, holds the hair. It's quite a strong hold. Yep. I have quite thick hair, so definitely need that strength behind the grip. But you also don't want it to be too gel-like and it no. turns your hair crusty. So yeah. I can uh, I can recommend uh, Boxer Bollocks. And if you use my <laughs> referral link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you guys don't see. You don't see, oh, the, you don't see the makeup throat. team come in just before just before the podcast. There's like yeah. three... There's, there's, there's three people that come in and, and Brandon's all, um, you know, classic, classic like movie actor yelling yep. at everybody to make sure it's all perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's... that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Do you use hair product? No, you just no. flick your hair back. Yeah, I'm, so, yeah, I'm yeah. so lazy. I need to get a haircut. I've been saying this for months now, so I will get a haircut mm. sometime soon. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Anyway, guys, we're going to wrap that up, uh, wrap it up for today because our internet is shocking right now. So uh, we do apologize. It's normally pretty good. We can have that back and forth banter. But um, what we'll do is because we're already running quite over time, we'll save your questions for next week. And we do actually now have quite a few questions from both Spotify and from uh, YouTube. So we'll go through those uh, next week. Um, but thanks guys. Thanks very much for tuning in as always this week. Uh, much appreciated. Um, and, uh, yeah, let us know if, you know, go leave a comment, meta Google earnings, let us know what you think. Uh, any other earnings you guys are thinking of that, um, like big company earnings that you'd be interested in, let us know as well. Uh, questions, drop it down in the, in the comments of the, of the YouTube version or, or the, uh, or the question box on, on Spotify. But apart from that, guys, thank you for watching. Uh, and we will, uh, hit the road and see you guys next week. See you guys.